Welcome to the My Chains Are Gone podcast. My name is Jill Schild, and I am here to provide a place for people to hear the stories of ordinary, everyday Christ followers. This is a platform meant to declare the greatness of our extraordinary God who calls people out of darkness and into His marvelous light. In today's episode, I talk with Brooke Bartlett. Her and her husband live in Fulton, Missouri, raising their young son and running their business, GoPo, which is a gourmet popcorn bar. In her early 20s, Brooke was a skeptic with no direction. She ended up working at a restaurant with six crazy Bible believers. Through their genuine interest, investment, and care for her, Brooke came to question her lack of belief. Over a period of a year and a half, Brooke came to see that the Bible was true and good for her. In the second half of the interview, we dig into the chains that have shackled Brooke. She shares her experience in the bondage of comparison, which left her feeling defeated and worn, and how knowing Christ makes a difference. Brooke also explains how her history of growing up as a biracial girl in a predominantly white community left her fighting for acceptance and influenced her to think she needed to earn the approval of others. She shares how feeling true love and acceptance came with embracing Jesus. I hope you are encouraged by Brooke's story. Brooke, thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. I'm really excited to hear about it, so thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. I've never been on a podcast before, so this should be fun. Debut. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, first question, I'd love to hear about what your early thoughts about God, Jesus, the Bible were early in your life. I think early, like in childhood, I had an interest in God, just like I had an interest in other stories like fairy tales or Santa Claus or, you know, things that um, had people to look up to. And, uh, so I didn't really think about it too much past that. I had, um, some Sunday school experience, but I didn't regularly attend a church with my family. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so what stage in your life did you start following Jesus? Um, I started, I became a Christian at 22, 22. and I'm 31 now. And you're 31 now. Okay. So tell me about the circumstances of your life in that time. So like in your late teens, early twenties, what was life like for you? Um, you know, I think I was a pretty typical college student. I had, um, just come out of a, a serious relationship that didn't end the way that I thought it should. I, I wanted it to end in a, a long-term commitment and that's just not what happened. And so I was, uh, 20-something college girl working, serving breakfast plates at a a local restaurant and, um, you know, a little bitter towards men. Um, So I would spend my nights out and maybe till, you know, 2 a.m. and then get up and work the 6 a.m. breakfast shift Um, and just didn't really have a lot of direction at that time. I wasn't really 
that into my major at college anymore. I was getting ready to graduate, didn't know where I was going to move, didn't know what I was going to do, just had a lot of question marks um, without answers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so then how did God pursue you at that time or show you that he loved you? Well, I mean, at that time, it was such an interesting time at the place where I worked because God placed a lot of Christians in my workplace. And before that time, I had never really interacted with Christians before. I had an assumption of what a Christian was. I And I had decided at that point in my life that the spiritual boat had sailed. I was going to make my own, um, my own story that I liked, that I was the center of. And so being around, you know, five or six Christians, um, that were following the Bible, um, plugging into a church family, wanting Jesus to be, the center of their life was a very foreign concept to me, was a very new concept to me. Um, and through those friendships and, and one girl in particular, who I believe you know, um, she just really intentional with me mm-hmm. and just sat down with me and we had coffee. I think it was Tuesdays yeah. and we would sit down and, and talk about the Bible. And it wasn't because I was interested in it. She just kept asking me to come. Yeah. And I didn't have anything else to do. So I was like, I guess I'll come. Right. So. So like what kind of questions did she ask you or like what what was the basis of your conversations? I mean, she was really direct, you know, like I was still trying to get back into this um, unhealthy relationship because that's where I felt like I belonged. And, you know, she was she was pretty direct with me on, um, you know, what do you believe about, you know, heaven? What do you believe about hell? What do you think about Jesus? You know, um, and then I had another another waiter at the restaurant just ask me, do you believe you're a Christian? And at that time I said, yes, because I think most people do. And he said, well, then why does nothing in your life reflect that you love Christ? I mean, they were coming after me. Yeah. <laughs> and in, in, in an interesting way, I think I just took those, I internalized those questions. I just kind of spun them around in my head um, in between conversations um, just because no one had ever been that direct with me before, especially about spiritual things. You know, I I just, it was odd. Yeah. So. So then at what point were you like, you know, I think this is true and I do want to follow Jesus. Um, I think that you, well, I mean, I think that I was just like, the list just kind of got too long Mm -hmm. was how, I explained it at the time. Like I was like, well, this person's crazy and that person's crazy and this person's crazy and that person's crazy. All these people that were following Jesus. And I had seen a couple of them actually turn from, you know, um, alcohol or drugs or or whatever it was, actually seen them turn and change becoming Christians. And I was just like, they're crazy. You know, they're all have lost their minds. I'm the one that knows what I'm talking about. And then it hit me at that moment. I was in my, I was in my apartment right over on University Street. Um, and it just hit me. I said, but what, what if 
I'm the one that doesn't have it right. What if God is real and I am not following him? And I I think right there it really hit my heart of um, not just a fear, but like a eye-opening like he is real, you know? And I think that that's something that the spirit had been working on my heart and for over a year and a half. I mean, it sounds like it was just a few weeks, but it, it was really about 18 months of watching these different stories play out and having them interact with my own life that really yeah. helped with heart change. So what, um, what was your drive like for wanting to follow Jesus? What if it was real but also, did was the life change appealing to you? Like, was there something that you're like, and this could be good for me? Um, yeah, and I can't exactly remember how the question was formed, but it was like, why do you want to be the center of your life? Like, why? why do you think that, you know, partying every night or you know, not having deep relationship with others is like the epitome of, of life, you know? Um, and so I think that it was just this, it was just this truth that really drew me in, like just this really quick and warm understanding of truth that I feel like I had been writing on my own and had that burden lifted off of me mm-hmm. is yeah. how I would describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, that's, that's really cool. So before this interview, I asked you to identify a couple areas of bondage um, that have kind of been sources of struggle for you throughout your life before Jesus, also after Jesus. Um, and so I'd love to kind of explore those sure. right now. So the first one you mentioned was comparison. Yeah. People. So, what have the chains of comparison looked like in your life, um, both before Jesus and after Jesus? I think there is a lot of a, a hero mentality in our culture. Um, a, a lot of one person has to win, so everyone else loses. And a lot of my life um, was just okay, they're a winner, so I must be a loser. You know, like, how am I going to be a winner? And trying to close that gap. You know, in college, it was a lot of, you know, I think the typical, well, she weighs, you know, 100 pounds, so I need to weigh 99. You know what I mean? A lot of the beauty comparison, um, journalism, school, college, you know, a lot of the, you wrote, this story, I'm going to write a better one. You know, the, the, the one ups, the, the trying to win a a competition that, that doesn't even really exist. Right. Right. But I think a lot of people can focus in on those areas and that becomes an all consuming um, thing to their life. Right. Um, And so through Jesus, I just, you know, I just stepped out of the race. Mm -hmm. I, and you know, whether it was real or imagined, I, I just stepped out and just relaxed for the first time, you know, didn't feel like I had to go, go, go. 
every minute of the day. Otherwise I was going to be trampled by, you know, a million other people. And um, it just really felt like a peace that I could breathe for the first time. And, you know, when I had first become a Christian in maybe 22, 23 years. Mm -hmm. and, and that felt really amazing. Yeah. Um, and so how has that struggle continued? Um, like have, have the shackles tried to get back on or um, how has comparison played out for your for yourself as a believer? Yeah, I think that, again, you can you can remold those comparisons, those competitions at any point in life, right? Because it's like a bag of potato chips, you know? It's like, I don't eat potato chips anymore. I'm healthy now. But it's like, but they taste so good. You know what I mean? Like, right. and so it's, it's a comfortable thing for me. And so I can see that um, I own my own business now. So I can see that in my business, you know? I see other businesses that started at the same time I did. And they're, they're you know, doing 10 times the revenue that I'm doing. And so I'm like, man, I just got to get in there. I got to, I got to work harder. And I think what ultimately that comes down to is like, it's that turn of like, I want life to be about me. I want my business to be about me. I want all of this glory. And it's like, but as a Christian, it's like, but the glory is, is to God. It's all about God. And if it's all about God and God's already won, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to fight those battles. Right. It's, you're, you're okay. Right. Um, and, uh, so, so yeah, I feel like those are the, the areas that I'm turning in right. now. So almost, you know, like becoming a Christian doesn't mean you stop working hard. Right. But more like your reason for working hard. Right. Like work, the Bible says work unto the Lord. Right. As opposed to work under Brooke. Exactly. Know? Right. And it's like, okay, like, you know, I think we have a lot of things about like calling and, and things like that. Like, what am I called to? And, um, calling isn't what we always, isn't always what lined up with what we want. Mm -hmm. You know, it's sometimes it's what is, what does God want mm -hmm. for my life? Yeah. And how is where I'm at right now glorifying to him? Right. You know, like even like, I'm sure there's, you know, the mom wars, yeah. you know, is formula better or is breast milk better or is, cloth diapering better or disposable better and you know always the, the what's right wrong answer yeah. and it's like well what has god called you to right. you know if he's given you a child he's called you to be a mom at this time and like how can you glorify him through that right you know yeah, exactly um so if you were to give two or three feelings associated with letting those shackles fall off what what feelings would you associate with them well i think the the competitiveness the compare comparison you know it really goes the shackle is really uh, survival mm -hmm. I feel like has been a big one and letting that go is just is is living mm -hmm. you know like you know I have to make I have to fight for a space in this world and God's like I've already made a space for you right yeah you know come sit with me rest at my feet you know Mary yeah. Stop working so much, Martha. Yeah. It's okay. I'm here. Yeah. Come be with me now. Yeah. You know, um and I think those are the things that I I daily remind myself of. Yeah. Yeah. The rest. Yeah, peace. That's good. Um the second area that you mentioned was a need for earning love. Um again, how has that played out in your life? And again, the differences between before Jesus and after. Yeah. And, you know, 
I think I'm just gonna be real frank um here it's not an easy thing to do but I grew up in an, an all-white community I mean 99 white people to one biracial girl and I think that even though I had friends and my family was very loving to me of course like I felt like I needed to bridge a gap um, because of the time that I grew up in, um, you know, there wasn't as much understanding about racial differences and acceptance that there is now. And so a lot of times I just felt tolerated, um, but not loved. And I, through Christ, um, you know, I feel maybe not so much of those of those of that cultural pressure that I felt growing up um I feel like God made me the right way right yeah. I don't have to fit into this mold that whatever it was that I grew up in like God doesn't God doesn't make mistakes right you know in race or, or disability or or whatever it is like he doesn't he doesn't make mistakes there yeah. and um i think growing up like i felt like that yeah you felt like you were a mistake right in some right like, right because i didn't i didn't grow up in a in a culture where i could really explore race and really um understand that and you know moving to college there was a much more diverse campus um and i feel like that helped but just also just having to, as a Christian, having the ability not to just cover things up, but go back and say, God, what about this? You know, this was really hard and bringing those things to him. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean I have a direct answer to things all the time, but I can say this hurt. Mm -hmm. This hurt and just rest in that. And what were those circumstances that hurt? Um, I think, can you give a story or an illustration? um, I think honestly, it just, it just felt like, um, not being good enough, mm -hmm. you know, um, this person was good enough and, and I wasn't, and, and how was I going to, how was I going to make up, make that up? Mm -hmm. Um, but I can't really think of a. Gosh, I'm getting so old. I can't really think of a direct illustration right now because that, yeah, because yeah. I mean, I did like it, it was it, like my, um, my late 20s were just a really good time of just like things that I had bent up and held on to, just handing those things, took those hurts over to Jesus and just really coming into, um, my, my own identity in him. And I even remember going back and hanging out with some of my high school friends and them saying, Brooke, you're really different. You know, like you're more confident. Um, and I think before, like, no, I don't think people would believe me now, but like, I was really shy. You know, I was really, I don't want to step out of line because I don't even think people really like me, you know? And, um, so I would never really say my opinion. I would always agree. I would always follow, um, and being confident in him. That's like, Hey, if that doesn't, if that person doesn't like me, that's okay. Yeah. I'm okay. My, my self-worth mm -hmm. 
does not teeter-totter on your opinion of me. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, if you only like straight hair and my hair's curly, like, if you only like quiet people and I'm loud, you know, like, I do not have to be everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm going to be rude or, or mean or, yeah. you know, try to tick people off just for the heck of it. But it does mean that, like, in Christ, like, I'm a secure, whole person, regardless of your opinion. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Um, Thank you for sharing that. Um, Lastly, is there anything that you want to share um, that with any listeners that have resonated with your story? I think it really just, I think, you know, as a 20-year-old, as a 30-year-old, just being around other women in particular. Um, I think that there's just been real, there's just been times where I'm like, Hey God, I really just don't like my life. You know, I don't like that. I'm, I'm not married. I don't like that. Um, I don't have the job that I want. I don't like the way I look. I don't like that. My marriage is hard. Um, God, I just really don't like this. And that must mean that you don't like me because you haven't given me what I want. And, um, I think in those times, like I would just really encourage people that are are having those times right now to just really see how your, your hard situation can, can glorify God. Um, like God, how are you glorified in this? Like if my, as a Christian, if my one purpose in life is to glorify you. Like, where are you in this mess? Because I feel like I'm all alone and you don't even care. Um, and I feel like once you start looking for that, okay, like God is in this story. Where are you? Um, you, you will find him. You will connect with him and you won't feel so alone. Um, and I think that that's, you know, if you've stepped away for a moment, um, from God, like, I feel like that's the step back in and over whatever it's been nine years of being a Christian. Like I've had those times, those weeks, those months where I'm just like, you just don't like me and you like everybody else, but you don't like me. Um, you're not writing the story that I want. He's still there. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. Well, thank you for sharing your story and just sharing some of the ways that God is working in your life. That it's, so great to hear and so thank you yeah thanks for having me and thanks for letting me just spill it all out there i hope that through the ramblings somebody finds um encouragement in him today i think they will thank you i hope you enjoyed brooke's story it was such a pleasure interviewing her and hearing how god has changed her from the inside out If you like this podcast, the easiest way to follow and not miss an episode is to subscribe. 